Hebrews chapter 10. Picking it up in verse 10. Verse 9. For then said he, Lo, I come. Jesus says, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first that he may establish the second. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ. We are sanctified by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. By Jesus offering up his own body upon that cross, dying, being buried, resurrecting, ascending, sitting on the right hand of the Father, shedding his blood, and so on. We are sanctified, set apart. The Amplified says we are made holy, consecrated, and sanctified by the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins, which can never solve the problem of our separation from God which can never get to the root cause of the sin nature that is behind it all. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, he sat down on the right hand of God. He sat down because it was finished. He sat down because everything he came to accomplish was accomplished by his sacrifice. By his sacrifice, he put an end to the rule of sin and the sin nature over the human race. The Bible says for this purpose he was manifested. That he might destroy the works of the devil. And the root of the devil's work is his nature. Is his sin nature that he imported to Adam. And the Bible says that nature of sin produces death. And it came upon all men. But Jesus came and he defeated that. And he sat down at the right hand of the Father. Because he knew what was finished. When he says it was finished. It was finished. Verse 13, and from henceforth, given that what he did is done, he's now expecting till his enemies to be made his footstool. He's expecting that all that he's accomplished by his sacrifice, that we, the body of Christ, will enforce it. That we, the body of Christ, it is the intent, the intent of God, it says in Ephesians 3 verse 10, that through the church, his called out ones, would be made known the manifold wisdom of God unto the principalities and powers according to his eternal purpose. So Jesus is seated expecting his enemies to be made his footstool, expecting everything that would rebel against him and his life and his nature to make the, for us to make it bow and become his footstool. Why is he expecting that? One, because of the sacrifice that he did. But also, verse 14, for by our one offering, our one sacrifice, he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. He has forever completely cleansed and perfected those who are consecrated and made holy. So everyone that is born out of his sacrifice have been perfected forever. 
If you could look on the inside of your spirit, you will see that you are perfected forever. Much more, God who is perfect and who is holy, he looks at you in your spirit and he says you are perfected forever. He says that who you are, you are a product of the perfect sacrifice of Christ. You came out of the sacrifice of Christ. You are a product of the sacrifice of Christ. And you have been made perfect in him. Say, I'm a product of the sacrifice of Christ. Now, you are to be defined, and you are to find, you are to be defined by who you are. You are to be defined by the truth. You are to be defined by the sacrifice of Christ. You are who God has made you. Now, however, the life, the devil, and the enemy, the world, the, our experiences in life have a way of defining us differently to how God defines us. And many times we are, we live as a product of our environment, of our circumstances, of our upbringing. We live and we are defined by how we were brought up. We are defined because of the fact that we had some failures. Because we had bankruptcy. And therefore, how is this ever going to work? How am I ever going to succeed? Some are defined because they had a broken marriage or because they went through a divorce. Some are defined by their genetic history. What runs in their family? This addiction runs in their family. Or, or that has happened in their family. Or they have this propensity towards this particular sickness or that particular disease. When all the time Jesus bore every sickness and carried every infirmity and you've got a brand new bloodline. Amen? We are defined, they are defined because they grew up and they were bullied in school. They were bullied. Or maybe they weren't too bright and they, and they, was, they were stigmatized as, as being a dunce or whatever the case might be. I know of someone that, I know of someone that, that, was, that, that grew up in a manner where they were abused in, in various ways. I know of this, one, this person and, and in the culture and in their particular culture, in that particular culture, it's not one where sexual abuse and, 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 and pedo, pedophilia and that kind of stuff is known. It's a foreign thing. But nevertheless, this did happen to them. And, and they, 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 they talk about it today. How, how when they were just seven, at a very, very early age, how their, their stepfather would come and take them out of school. Get them released from school. What for? To fulfill his own wicked lust. Now that, that has and abused them and molested them and, and they grew up like that. Now that kind of stuff can stain you. And the devil and the, would like you to be defined by those kinds of things. I have a friend who, who the school teacher told him one time that he was a bastard because his parents weren't married to each other. And here he is an adult and that thing still rings in his head. Right, you've, you've, you've seen what is happening in the United States. There are people that are coming out that are in their, their, that are in their 80s and talking about things that happened 60-something years ago and yet they've been marked by it. Well, Jesus came to end that. So instead of us being a product of our environment and our history and, 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 and our education and, and all of those other things, we are to be, you are, that's not who you are. Once you are born again, you are a product of his sacrifice. Now today what I want to accomplish in this message is to begin and to show you how you can destroy 
and I mean destroy, paralyze, not bring it to a place where it ceases to have any impact on your life. Where you can destroy every false definition of yourself and receive the definition that God has given you. You are a product of his perfect sacrifice. Are you with me? All right. Now, so here it says that you are, you've been perfected forever by that one offering. This is your life. Colossians, let's flip over to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, reading from verse... That's the wrong one, sorry. Colossians chapter 3, reading from verse 1. Say, if you then be risen with Christ, we are to seek and pursue those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, and we are seated in him. Set your affection, set your thinking on things above, not on things on the earth. Because you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. And then it says, when Christ, who is your life, shall appear. Then shall you also appear with him in glory. When you are born again, you've got a new life, and it is the life of Christ. This is now your identity. This is now your identity. And we have got to take on this new identity that we have. The Bible says in Colossians 3 and verse, and verse 10, it says, um, you have put on a new man, which is created after the image of him that created him. Where Christ is all and in all. Everything within your born again spirit is made up of Jesus. The Bible says you are a new creation. All things have passed away. All things have become new. And all things are of God. The Bible also says that, that um, you are crucified with Christ. And it's no longer you that live. But it is now Christ that liveth in you. And the life that you now live is the life of Christ. This is your new identity. And you are complete in him. In him you lack nothing. The fullness of the Godhead dwells in Christ, and Christ dwells in you, and you are complete and entire in Him. Now, this Christ that is in you is said, is made unto you wisdom, is made unto you righteousness, is made unto you sanctification, is made unto you redemption, is made unto you healing, is made unto you wholeness, is made unto you joy, is made unto you peace, is made unto you victory. Thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ himself is your life. That is your new identity. And the Bible says whatever is born of God, this new creation that is born of God overcometh the world. This Christ that is in you has spoiled principalities and powers. He's defeated hell and death and the grave. He's defeated the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. He has defeated everything. He destroyed the works of the enemy. And he has now come, and he is now your life, and he wants you to embrace him and, recognize, and take on that identification. But now you see, the devil wants you to have all these other labels. And until our mind is renewed, until we do something about these other labels and these other false definitions, they're going to continue to hang on to us, and they will define us, and they will dictate your life. Whether it be because you were grown up in a home where, 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 where you were neglected, where there was such poverty and you know that you had to, um, you don't know where the next meal is going to come from. If you had a cookie, you had to keep it under your pillow in case you get hungry during the night. I know of someone that has a, that, that, that to this day as an adult, 
because of how poor they grow up, now that they're an adult, they literally stack their freezer with so much food that, that they, there's stuff at the bottom of the freezer that they never get to. Why? Because of that poverty thing that affected them. But now you see, the thing is, if we don't loosen ourselves and be freed from those false definitions, then what will happen is that we will never possess uh, uh, the promises of God. We will never experience the fulfillment of what God has spoken concerning you. Amen? You will never cross over into the promised land and possess your inheritance. You see, the problem with the children of Israel, God said to them, look, I've given you the land. It is yours. I've already given it to you. However, they said, they said we are, they said they are giants in the land. And we are as grasshoppers. There is no way we can take the land. And because of their wrong perspective, they circled around in the wilderness for 40 years and died in the wilderness and did not possess the promised land. Joshua took them over. Well, in the same way, if we do not change our mindset, if we do not be freed from that grasshopper mindset, then we too will not cross over and possess our inheritance. We will not possess the reality of who God has made us on the inside and cause that to come to the outside. That will not become, it will not become your experience that you are a more and a conqueror. It will not become your experience that you live in divine health. It will not become your experience joy unspeakable and full of glory. It will not become your experiences all these great and wonderful and precious promises will not become your experience. Why? Because these false definitions keep you earthbound. You see, the Bible says in Second Peter chapter one and verse nine that one of the reasons why one of the reasons why they did not flourish, they did not mature, they did not grow, they did not excel in the fruits of the spirit is because they forgot that they were cleansed from their sins. Meaning what? They forgot that they are no longer tied to sin, but they are righteous. They didn't grasp, they didn't awake, they didn't come up to that conscious awareness of this oneness that they have with God. Their new rights and privileges, their new identity. And because they weren't able to embrace that, it affected their ability to grow and to mature. Amen? Hallelujah. But in the meanwhile, this person on the inside is more than a conqueror. He is total victory. Christ, the Bible says, Christ in you... Um, it's the law, the perfect law of liberty. It says in James chapter 1 verse 25, Looking, um, he that looketh and continueth, that looketh in the perfect law of liberty, looks at the reality of who he is, looks into Christ, looketh and continueth and stays with it, not being a forgetful hearer, but sticks with what he sees, that man shall be blessed in all of his deeds. The Holy Ghost will be released to transform him into what he sees. But he must continue. He must look into that perfect law of liberty. Christ in you is the perfect law of liberty. The reality is, the Bible says whom Jesus has set free is what? Free indeed. There is a freedom and there is a liberty that has been paid for for every one of us to walk in that is free from all of these other labors and all the stuff that is in the world. Hallelujah. But now you see, yes, we are free indeed. Yes, he has done that. But how does that become my experience? It says, if you continue in the word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall what? Know the truth, 
and the truth shall make you free. What do you mean know the truth? That means you must become intimate with the truth. Jesus is the truth. You must become intimate with Christ, the person. You must become intimate with Christ, the anointing. You see, Christ in you, Christ is the anointing. And that anointing breaks every yoke and removes every burden. There is Christ the person. And in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He spoiled principalities and powers. Defeated hell, death, and the grave. There is Christ in you which is the essence of the new creation. Amen? There is Christ in you which is what? The very nature of God. Which is righteousness. And righteousness rules over all. Righteousness, the kingdom of God is activated by righteousness. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And that is the very nature. You've got a nature on the inside of you that is the perfect law of liberty, that is absolute, total, complete, and perfect victory if we can function in it. But then you see, these false definitions will hinder us. But here is the reality. This is who we are. He has overcome the world. Greater is he that is in us. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. But... This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. In other words, then, when we can mix faith with the reality of who we are on the inside, then who we are on the inside could come to the outside. When we can mix faith with the truth of who he has made us, Christ in us, and, those, and the details of, of this Christ in us, when we can mix faith with that, then who we are on the inside will become manifest and will become your experience. And we need the experience. This gospel is not just something that we are to look at and think, oh, how wonderful. What a nice revelation. That's not good enough. We have got to have the experience of the truth. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. When that truth becomes your life, liberty will result. It must become your life. You got to know it. You got to become intimate with it. And it's going to take faith to do that. It's going to take faith, believing and speaking according to the truth. This is the will of God, that you and I would be conformed to the image of Christ. It is the very reason why Jesus came. The Bible says in 1 John 4 and verse 9, that Jesus was made, that herein is the love of God made manifest. How is it made manifest? That we might live through him, that he might live through us, that we would have his life. That we would be crucified with him, and so it's no longer us, but it's now him living through us. God so loved the world, that what did he do? He sent Jesus as a sacrifice to put an end to that, to, to that human element, to put an end to us um, living for ourselves, living in our own strength, living by our own works, living by our own performance, to put an end to us, to crucify us, and to give us the life of his son. That's why he came, that we might have what? Everlasting life. That's the very life and nature of his son. That's the gospel. That's the purpose. Amen? Now, we've got to get a hold of it. We have got to get a hold of it because God's plan is, once you see, you see, as I said, this was his purpose. Destroy the works of the devil. Put an end to his rule. Put an end to that sin nature. Well, now that you and I have been born again and we have the nature of Christ, God wants us to function in that nature. He wants us to function in Christ. To the very intent, Ephesians 3.10 says, that we would declare the wisdom of God to the principalities and powers. That we would speak that wisdom. But Christ is that wisdom. That we would declare that wisdom. That we would manifest that life. Hallelujah. That we would grow up into the full measure of Christ. That we would grow up into the head. It's all about him. 
And it is us, be him being glorified in us, and us in him and through him. You and I, we are the product of the perfect sacrifice of Christ. And that's how God wants us to be. That's how God wants us to live. That's what God wants us to manifest. But the devil, no, the devil and the world, they want you to live with all these other false identifications that we must destroy. That we must destroy. And how is it going to be done? It's going to be done by faith. What do you mean by faith? By faith, faith, the Bible says, you got to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Now, I know you've heard that many times. But you got to believe right. You got to believe according to the truth. But you must also speak. Now, let me say this emphatically. In Luke chapter 24, you see, you must speak. If you do not speak the truth, it will not be established in your life. God has ordained, according to Titus 1 verse 3, God says, this is how it works. I am God. I decide how this program is going to operate. Are you with me? And God made the world by what? Speaking it. He brought everything we see into existence. He made it from nothing just by speaking it. That's the system he has chosen. And we are in his image. And God, it says in Titus 1 verse 3, that he will manifest his word through preaching. Preaching. Now when we think preaching, we think of somebody standing up uh, uh, in an elevated place behind a pulpit and, 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 and declaring. And, no, but preaching is saying, it's speaking. So it says that God says, this is how I've chosen it to be. I'm going to manifest. I'm going to bring fulfillment to my word as you say it. As you say it, that's how it works. So if you don't say it, he's got nothing to watch over and to perform. Titus 1 verse 1 says that the acknowledgement of the truth is after godliness. That word godliness means the God kind of life. The God kind of life is total victory. So he says the acknowledgement of the truth. When you acknowledge, when you believe, and when you speak the truth, the truths that are in Christ, it will produce the God kind of life. But you've got to acknowledge it. You've got to speak it. Philemon verse, verse 6 says that the communication of your faith becomes effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing that is in you in Christ. In other words, your faith will work and it will produce if you would dare to acknowledge every good thing that is in you in Christ. When you would acknowledge that you are blessed with every spiritual blessing. When you acknowledge that no matter what this sickness and what this pain might feel like. He bore my sickness. He carried my infirmities. By his stripes I were healed. When you acknowledge the truth. When you acknowledge the promises. When you acknowledge the nature that is in you. When you acknowledge the love of God that is shed abroad in your heart. When you acknowledge the truth about crucifixion and about burial and about resurrection. And about ascension and about the blood and about the name of Jesus and about the nature of God. When you acknowledge these things, then your faith will work. Then it becomes effective. In other words then, what does it mean that the Holy Ghost will man, that God will, he will manifest his word through preaching? What it means is that when you, when you believe and you speak that truth, it's like God says, I've been waiting for that. And now the Holy Ghost comes in the scene to bring it to pass. Galatians 3 verse 5. I want to pour this on you so that you get it. Because you see, for some reason, Christians still will not talk. 
They hear message after message about speaking, but they still wouldn't do it. There is still an intimidation. So many people have a fear of public speaking. Why? Because the devil knows that if they go into that arena, he's in trouble. But Galatians 3 verse 5 says that the Holy Ghost performs miracles. But he does it by the hearing of faith. When he hears faith, he's got to hear it. Amen? Listen to this verse of scripture. Um, Luke, Luke chapter 4. And listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said in verse 44, These words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Now when you read that on the surface, what you can think, you might think that Jesus is saying that these words, when I was with you, I talked to you about all these things that was written in the Psalms and in the prophets and I was telling you that these things that are, are going to be fulfilled. It was some of the Jesus was saying, I'm, I, I, I'm quoting Moses, I'm quoting the Psalms, I'm quoting the prophets, just to let you know this is what's going to happen. And these are the things that are going to be fulfilled. But that's not what Jesus was saying here. Jesus said, I, I speak these things while I was with you, so that they would be fulfilled. In other words, if I didn't speak them, they would not have been fulfilled. Well, it's the same for you and I. We can see all these wonderful, glorious promises in this book, but if we don't speak them, they will not be fulfilled. Jesus, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1, is the apostle and the high priest of your, of your profession. What you profess, what you say, what you proclaim. He didn't say he's the high priest of your believing. Of course, you need to believe right. But he's the high priest of your profession, what you speak. He's been anointed of God to bring fulfillment to that. Hallelujah. Amen. And, it is the, and this is what it's going to cause, because once we get a hold of, 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 all right, this is who I am, and all these false definitions, that's not who I am, and we begin to speak right, we can chop off and destroy all of that wrong stuff that has built up over the years. And we could find ourselves functioning in Christ. And, and release, and by believing and speaking right, the Holy Ghost, who is a performer, who is able to get things done, can come and do the work of transformation. As we behold the glory of the Lord. Now the Lord is that spirit, it says. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And all we have with open face beholding as in the mirror, the glory of the Lord, we are transformed and changed into that image which we see even as by the Spirit of the Lord. He does it. You don't know how to change yourself. You don't know how to get rid of all that garbage out of your life. You don't know how to burn that out of your memory. You don't know how to be set free from that. I know we can do the worldly things of, of counseling and, 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 and speak and, and sharing and talk, but that's not, it's better than nothing. But the Holy Ghost can do greater. He can bring you into total, complete freedom. But we got to know some stuff. It is not just the knowledge about God. It is the knowledge of God. The Bible says grace and peace is multiplied to you. 2 Peter 1 verse 2. Grace and peace is multiplied to you through the knowledge of Him. The knowledge of God and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. It didn't say the knowledge about Jesus Christ. 
It didn't say the knowledge about God. It says the knowledge of Jesus Christ. There's a difference. Are you with me? Here's another thing again. I'm, I'm trying to emphasize, you gotta, you got to believe right and you got to speak right. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18, that the preaching of the cross to them that perish is foolishness. But to us who are saved, it is the power of God. It is the power of God. And it will produce salvation and deliverance. It is the power of God. What is the power of God? The preaching of the cross. The, the, the preaching, the saying, the saying, say saying. The saying of the sacrifice. The saying of it is the power of God. Now, you might think, well, what Jesus did is the power of God. What Jesus did is the power of God. That's not what the scripture says. That scripture didn't even say that the cross is the power of God. It didn't say what Jesus did is the power of God. Yes, we know what Jesus did. He finished. He finished all, you know, it's finished. But it didn't say that's the power of God. It says the preaching of the cross is the power of God. In other words, it's not what he did that is the power of God to me. It's what I say he did that is the power of God to me. 